welcome to Home and Classroom. This is a podcast for parents, providers, teachers, and people interested in just learning more about kids. I'm Rachel. And I'm Hannah. I'm Lindsay. Woohoo, here we are, rapid fire. Here we go. Here we go. So what's going on this week, Hannah? Any big news? Oh, big news. Big news. Um, I got a puppy. Oh, I got a puppy. He's yeah. So I'm a mom like you two now. <laughs> I just felt really left out. I had to get a puppy. Um, his name is Levi. I brought him to work today, and he's just, you know, the head of the office. I know everybody loves him already. Jack is so jealous. Yeah. Old nose. Yeah. yeah he's, Jack's old nose. <laughs> he's really upset. Fresh mm-hmm. puppy in town. Yeah. So how is it? It's how good. It's weeks? good. I'm exhausted. Sure. You know, getting yeah. up three times a night, mm-hmm. lots of potty breaks, constantly playing. Yeah. But it's great. It's, like, so perfect. You know, we picked him up on, well, Ben, my fiancé picked him up on Saturday, and I didn't get home till Sunday, and I was playing with Levi for, like, an hour, and I told Ben, I was like, I just can't imagine life without a dog. <laughs> You're right. How have we done this? He was like, that's ridiculous. You've been home for an hour. But really... Sure. I couldn't. It's it's life changing. It's great. Isn't it is it? so great. Yeah. It's it has a whole other layer of purpose. It's just oh, oh sweet, oh, right? Yeah, it does. Sweet. It's nice to have something to take care of. And, yeah, I mean that might sound weird, but no, I no. mean it's. And I I said that, like, I couldn't imagine life without him because I was thinking, I'm like, I just spent, like, an hour playing with him. I was like, wow, what would I have been doing, like, if I didn't? And I was like, oh, I'd probably just be, like, you know, laying on the couch doing something, like, not super productive, which is fine. You can lay on the couch, but she's like, oh, this is really nice. I think that all the time now being a parent, you know, so when I just think... I can't even remember what my days were before I had my son. What did I spend my time doing? I have no idea because now it's just so full. I mean, I don't have – if I have five minutes to sit down, I feel like I could get so many things done, but it used to not feel like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's just a shift. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. I know we compare puppies to babies on the show, but it's obviously a little bit different. <laughs> it's obviously different. I really do feel like a new mom. Like, <laughs> so many pictures. And, yeah. It's very different, but it's it also very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It really is. How is Jack doing? Jack's doing much be- much better, feeling okay. better, and getting into his toys again. He wasn't for a while. But he's so growing. He's, he's like, growing, yeah. He's so big now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mara was sick this week, too. See? Puppies and dogs. And yeah. babies. Very similar. Yeah. yeah. And babies. Very similar. Yeah, he's been sick. I've been sick. My husband's been sick. It's winter. Here we it's are. Winter, yeah. I feel like I was sick for a good three weeks. I know. You were sick I'm, last I podcast. Was, yeah. Someone's got to be nasally every episode. Yeah, and I was sorry. just getting over it. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. You're going to hear a lot of sneezing. we roll? So, if those of you listened to our first episode, you know we like to play a little game. And it is called um, Two Children and a Dog. So, Rachel has a child, Meyer. Lindsay has a dog, Jack. Well, I recently got a dog. And I came up with some things that Levi's been doing that I think are similar to what Meyer's been doing, Rachel's child. So, we are going to ask Lindsay if she can decide which thing a dog did. Yes. So Hannah's going to give us the three different scenarios, two of which Meyer did this week, and one Levi the dog did. So Lindsay, you have to guess which one is the dog. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. So this child slash dog ate a book, stole the bathroom mat, and tracked mud all throughout the house, leaving footprints. 
or paw prints. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh boy, that's a tough one. I think that they can all be a dog could do all of them. Jack has done two of them. <laughs> um, I will say that Levi ate a book. No. No? That no. was Liar. Oh. <laughs> my baby ate my homework. He didn't really ingest the book, to be fair, but there was a lot of chewing and it's fallen apart since, so yeah. I would okay. call it Completely eating. took totally. the binding out, right? It, it kind of fell apart, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no yeah. longer in book form. We'll say that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Levi is eating quite a bit of things, but yeah, he'll eat a book probably. He'll eat a book week. for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what d- he... was he the mud? No. Oh no! <laughs> that was I told you by second. I know. Guess. I know. That's a good thing we picked that one. I told Rachel, I'm like, that's just me being a bad mom. If Levi tracks mud through the well, house, that's what my son did. So <laughs> what does that say about me? You're right. <laughs> Um, no, he stole the bathroom mat, okay. which is three times his size, and dragged it into his cage and, like, shoved it in there. Aww. He just needed to have he it. He just had to hang out with yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Don't blame him. All right. Well, that was fun. That was Ready fun. to roll, yeah. Good one this week. So, this week we are interviewing Rachel. Hello, everyone. Here she is. So, <laughs> Rachel, like she said, she's our nurse here. She's also a mom. Um, and we brought her in to talk a little bit about vaccinations today so before we get do a deep dive into that this is something we ask all of our guests um to get the ball rolling so the question is who was the last child you talked to and what did they say hmm so the last child i talked to is probably Meyer, my son and he is talking but not really anything super interesting for the podcast <laughs> probably said bye-bye or no he does say turtle, which is really oh, fun. <laughs> That's turtle. my favorite all his That's recent a good words. One. Yeah, he just Aww. walks around. It's funny what they learn because he can't say his own name, or he doesn't chooses not to say his own name, but, but he walks around saying turtle all day. <laughs> I don't know. But do you think he knows what a turtle is, or he just like? Oh, he knows. Words. He so points he knows out the, the turtle. Yeah. The turtle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, sharks. He's very interested in sharks. I think Ooh. from that really annoying. Could be an song. animal guy. Yeah, he likes animals. Oh, baby shark. Yes. That's making a comeback. It's really. Pretty big in the preschool yeah. world, I would say. Yeah, Pretty yeah, big yeah. there for oh. them. But I would say, so let's see. The last thing, well, actually, I just talked about Meyer with my husband, so maybe that's... Yeah. Maybe, that'll, maybe that'll I could tell yeah. that story. So just it's before... Funny, we'll let you say it's it. A good one. <laughs> just before I came in to uh, record the podcast, I got a message from my husband, and he said... I can't find my wallet. My wallet's gone, and I'm pretty sure Meyer stole it <laughs> because the last night Meyer was playing with it, and I told him, I, you know, I thought that was a, probably a bad idea, and it's gone now. So there's a trail of some of the cards that were in the wallet. They're throughout the house, but we have no idea oh where it God. is. Yeah. Well, so. and he kind of has a track record going here. Yes. That. Yeah. Last week, he, um, I picked him up from daycare, and I was unloading his little bag. And I found our Apple TV remote. He brought that to school with him. You never know. You never know if you need it. And then I was looking through my phone recently and saw a selfie video of him running around the house. So I said, Mari, did you steal mommy's phone? And he said, no, no. But it seems like he probably did. So those are, those are not really things he said, but those are good stories. And I guess to tie it to something that he we'll said. We'll let that slide. Every time he does something like that, though, he will say, uh-oh, or no, 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 and then do exactly to what himself. he... himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's telling he himself, 
this is a bad idea, yeah. but I'm going to do it anyway. So that's probably what he was saying when he stole the wallet this morning, is my guess. And he's playing with it at daycare right now. He <laughs> might have given it to his friends. I don't know. <laughs> he's might. passing out the dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a plan. I don't know. All right. Very good. So... You are a health consultant here at the council. Um, Before we get into our topic today, which is vaccinations, um, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do here and what it means to be a health consultant? Sure. So I'm a registered nurse. I was a nurse for um, years before coming here to the council, and I worked in a hospital setting. And now that I'm here, I work as a health consultant, a child care health consultant for programs. So they can hire me or the other nurses who work here, Jean and Barb. Um, to sign off on their health care plan and to just offer supports as they need it for um, medically complex children or maybe just infection control in the classroom. Any question, I get questions about pretty much everything you could imagine, and we're just here to answer it. And we also help um, if we're not your health consultant. So if we don't have a contract with the program, we'll still help anyone. So I get calls from people all throughout the different counties that we service, just with questions that they have about, you know, emergency medications, medications with children, anything like that. And we, I also teach the MAT um, course, which is the Medication Administration Training Course, through OCFS and PDP. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Super important. Um, all right. So let's dive into our topic today. So we asked you to come in today to talk about vaccines because it's such an important topic today. It's it's kind of all over the news, mm-hmm. and there are some current outbreaks going on, and also a lot of misinformation floating around about the importance of vaccinating your child and some myths. So we thought it'd be great to bring you in as a nurse and also as a mom um, to explain what vaccinations are and why they're so important to our community and talk about some of the, the myths out there surrounding vaccinations. So um, let's start with the absolute basics, mostly from my knowledge as well. Um, can you just tell us what vaccines are and why they're so important? Yeah, so first I guess I'll say that um, some terms that you might hear around vaccines are vaccines, immunizations, inoculations. So those are the same. Yes. Okay. Those are Good all the know. same thing. Also, if you are British, you, people call it jabs. I don't think any of our listeners. Adorable. <laughs> yes. So instead of getting your shots, you know, you might say here, um, my son's getting his year shots tomorrow, but my friend from London will say jabs. Nice. If anyone's listening, we like what you say. That's a good term. (laughs) Maybe I'll start using it. Just use jabs. That's a good one. We'll bring it to the U.S. Yeah. (laughs) Good. VR podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So all those things are the same thing. We're talking about the same thing. So what it is when you get an immunization, it's sort of... I would call it sort of a training course for your immune system. So you get the shot, and it creates, um, it allows your body to see what is going to happen with the disease without having any of the symptoms. We're just giving you the disease's playbook so that when you do see the disease, if you ever do see the disease, you're prepared to fight it and, you know, hopefully not get it. But if you do get it, you're going to fight it off a lot faster than you could. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little, um, it's a way for your body to prepare itself for a disease. That's great. Interesting. So can you, are you willing to talk a little bit about uh, community immunity? It's also called herd immunity. Yeah. So that kind of helps explain why vaccines are so important, which I think was one of your other questions. 
but um, I like the term community immunity better because I like the way it sounds, but also it's probably also a lot of... It's very challenging to say. It is hard to say, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. All right. So you probably have heard of it as herd immunity too, but I don't really like it. It makes us sound like cattle, I feel like, if we say herd totally. immunity. Yeah. But however you want to say it. So what that is, is it's just... The idea that if people are immunized, then we're going to protect the people who cannot be immunized, the people who can't get their vaccines. We protect them by being vaccinated ourselves. So if you think of an illness that's kind of rolling through your neighborhood, so it's popping along and it hits one person, and then it goes maybe to their family member, to their friend, and it just bops right along and hits each person. But if you're immunized, you kind of create a roadblock for that illness, and the ball stops rolling with you. It stops there. So if we have enough of those roadblocks, we can kind of use them to barricade around people who can't be vaccinated. Who Such as? So those like, people would be like babies, people who aren't yet old enough to be vaccinated, people with immunocompromised um, issues. So that's like anyone who can't get vaccines because of a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're on chemotherapy mm-hmm. or other issues that they have with their immune system. So it really helps those people. And also elderly people, they um, do have vaccines. Sometimes they could be more susceptible to illnesses. And sometimes they're not up to date on their boosters, which we'll probably talk about later. So it's super important for protecting your community, not just yourself as an individual. Yeah. Arguably more important because you, you can affect the health of your whole community. Right, yeah. So, I mean, of course it's important to... If you're a parent choosing this or if you're choosing it for yourself, um, to vaccinate yourself or your child because that's going to stop them from getting these diseases that can be, you know, deadly. But if we're all vaccinated, then we don't really see the diseases as Mm -hmm. much, which is really the main goal is that we don't even see them in our communities. Right. So I've seen lately on the news and it's kind of been, you know, around that parents these days, some parents are choosing not to vaccinate their children Mm -hmm. and that vaccine hesitancy is on the rise. So I think you you mentioned this a little bit in community immunity, but specifically, how does that affect our population um, and what potential dangers can arise from that? Yeah, that is happening um, quite a bit. So you kind of always hear about it, or maybe I do because I'm really in it, but I think that people are hearing about um, vaccine hesitancy, which is just when parents are concerned with what is in the vaccines or maybe the effects of vaccines, so they choose not to vaccinate their children or they vaccinate them on a different schedule. So they vaccinate them much more slowly than what's recommended um, or just slower than what's recommended. So that's become such a problem that the WHO or the World Health Organization has placed it on its list. So it has a list of the 10 um, top health risks for the world. And they just came out with a new one, right? They just came out with a new one. Fresh risks. Yes. So they kind of reevaluate what the risks are, and vaccine hesitancy is on there. So this is becoming such a problem that just, you know, the individual choice not to vaccinate their children or to vaccinate them um, on a different schedule has created such a global problem that WHO is now looking into it. So choosing that, you know, affects those children, which I'm very interested in, you know, even the individual child, the risks to them is um, enough of a reason for me to say that, of course, you should vaccinate if your doctor, you know, says that it's safe for you, which most people it is. Um, But all community. It's really scary that we're putting other people at risk with those choices. Right. So it seems so important to get your kids vaccinated and vaccinate yourself and everything like that. 
So why why is this on the rise, the vaccine hesitancy, and why do you think, or is there any statistics on why parents have decided to not vaccinate their kids? So there's probably, you know, a million reasons why people choose not to vaccinate their children, and I won't pretend to know what, you know, is the motivating factor for every parent, but I can tell you some that I hear through my work and through, um, you know, just being a parent But we hear things like um, some parents believe still that there's a link between vaccinations and autism. So that's something that came out um, a long time ago. There was a study that um, incorrectly showed a link between those two things. And it has been since, you know, completely disproven that doctor has been... I don't even think that that doctor is a doctor anymore. Yeah, people really have proven that none of that is true. There was no truth to that. Um, So that is false. That's false, yeah. That's absolutely false. There's no connection between um, immunizations or vaccines and autism. And another thing that people think is they're concerned with what the ingredients are in the vaccine. And this is something that I could be... Um, sort of sympathetic to in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. as a mom, you want to know what you're putting in your kids. You yeah, know what you're putting in your own body. It's scary thinking about what you're, um, you know, what you're consenting to because we don't have, you know, even I'm a, you know, nurse and I'm specifically a, you know, nurse in this population of pediatrics and children, but you don't have a clear idea of what you're consenting to, what you're allowing the doctor to do all the time. So. You might, you know, we've seen heard people talk about the heavy metals in vaccines. And what I'll say about that is that, um, you know, it's not true that the ingredients within vaccines are dangerous um, in any, you know, real way. And the reason that we know that or how we know that is that vaccines go through a huge amount of um, vetting before they're allowed to go on the market. So we have most vaccines take about a decade, over a decade of, you know, testing and government agencies looking into them and, you know, the companies that create them looking into them. There's a lot of checks and balances into creating a vaccine, and we, it's taken really seriously. It's very mm-hmm. hard to get a vaccine on the market. Um, and I'll also say about that that if you do have concerns, which probably, you know, I, again, I can understand those concerns, just speak to your doctor about them. Don't, you know, yeah. leave the room until you feel like you understand why it's important because I promise you your doctor can explain why it's important right. and they can explain why those risks aren't um, worth the mm-hmm. risk that you're putting your child yeah. in. Yeah. Something else that I hear that I don't know if it's super common or something, but I hear that, like, healthy people, you know, uh-huh. people that don't have, they're fine, they function fine, they're not a vulnerable population, feel that, since they're healthy, they don't need to vaccinate or they don't, they yeah. don't need to be super concerned about that. Um, I've heard that and I've heard that like illnesses, like you just think that these illnesses don't exist anymore. Yes. Which is the crazy one, which is what I've thought about measles and mumps. But Right. But that's, you know, so that's not true. Those illnesses do still exist, but they are less, um, you know, in our face. They're not around quite as much, and that's because of vaccines. Right, so exactly. it's kind of an interesting um, reason that people choose not to vaccinate because that's why we don't see them. Um, and we are seeing them more because people are choosing not to vaccinate. And um, to the point of healthy people vaccinating, I hear that a lot um, in terms of the flu shot. People think that you only, you know, get the flu shot if you are at risk in mm-hmm. some way. But, you know, everyone is at risk to catch the flu. And 
even if the flu, you know, works itself through your body and your immune system can fight it off um, safely, you know, where you don't end up in the hospital. It's a terrible, terrible time. It's not fun to yeah, have the no flu. Yeah, no one wants to just no one, with the flu. Right. Do you want to miss all that time in work yeah. and school or whatever? But often it doesn't happen that way. The flu is, you know, really serious, which we could talk about more later. But mm-hmm. it, you know, these illnesses can affect people who are otherwise perfectly healthy. Yeah. So and... N- no one is safe, essentially. No. Yeah, you're not safe you're not, yourself. Yeah. And, you know, you're also, we talked about earlier, but you're helping protect other people. Yeah. So you have to consider that, too. Or you yeah. should consider that, too. But really, there's enough reason just to do it for yourself. You yeah. Don't you want to stay healthy? Exactly. Um, so before we do more of a deep dive into the flu, sure. um, just wanted to touch base on some of the, the diseases that you mentioned are coming back, like measles and mumps. And I've... You know, because vaccinations have, have decreased, is it true that we are seeing changes right here in New York State? Yes. So right now there is a huge um, outbreak of the measles. Um, huge. In New York and New Jersey, we have so many cases that we're um, accounting for more than half of all the entire country's cases of the measles right now. In New York State. Yes. Or New York in City, did you say? What? New York State with um, also New Jersey. But so okay. New York State has 182 um, cases right now or, you know, have seen 102 recent cases, 182 recent cases, and New Jersey has 33. But that's more than half of the entire country right here so in our backyard. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. So the measles is, you know, a really serious illness that can be transmitted. So you catch it very easily. You can, you know, it's a super contagious illness. So you catch it, you have... Um, it's airborne, right? You could just, I mean... Yeah, you could just catch it, just you know, being at the around. grocery yeah. store. So that's why when you see these um, outbreaks, then they will kind of quarantine people. Or they'll call people who were even in, you know, Disneyland with yeah. these people. Because you could have caught it just from being around them. Yeah, my, um, I guess, brother and sister-in-law happened to go through, I think it was JFK, it was one of the New York um, airports in this four-hour period that someone who had the measles went through. Yeah. So they they had no idea if they could get it, and you know, it's huge. The chances are probably low, but you just never know, and they were going to visit a baby, so they they made the smart choice, I think, and decided yeah. not to because the baby wasn't vaccinated, and you just never know how quickly it latches on. Yeah, that's really scary, yeah. and it's true that, you know, you can catch it so easily, and it's spreading because people are not vaccinated, so that's, you know, the unfortunate truth of it is that we're seeing these huge increases in the illness because people aren't vaccinated, so we don't have those barriers that we talked about mm-hmm. before to stop people. Yeah. And then we also have seen recent um, cases of mumps. So last year it was and very what, bad. What are mumps? Just to... so mumps are a similar illness where we we kind of haven't seen very much of them, but they're all coming back because of vaccine hesitancy, but it's something that can be spread through saliva or respiratory droplets, so you can also catch that just from being near someone. Mm -hmm. And the symptoms of that are kind of vague. I mean, it's headache, fever, swelling, and it's a disease that is usually more dangerous for adults. Mm, So um, we saw a big increase in that in um, universities, so colleges recently, and... It's all preventable with a flu shot. So both both measles, or not the flu shot, sorry. <laughs> that is new information <laughs> for me. Definitely yeah. get the flu shot. It should just tell everyone that prevents everything. One stop shop. <laughs> no, it's all preventable with vaccines. But, you know, we're seeing that 
by getting, so with the mumps specifically, they're just offering a third round of the vaccine to college students and it's stopping a them thir- from Like a third it. of the... No, a third. Th- so they already get two doses and they're offering them a third uh, dose, basically. So just kind of increasing what they have going on. <clears throat> and the measles and mumps, we don't have any cure for. So that's something important, I think, to point out, too, that if you do get it... Um, we don't have any way to cure it. We could treat all the symptoms that you have, um, but we're not even really good at that. Still a large amount of people, unfortunately, um, larger than other illnesses, which we're better at treating, will end up dying from those diseases. So it's really important to try to not get them and not bring right. them into that the community. Right, that is the cure, essentially, is the vaccination, you know. Yeah, the vaccination will prevent or at least decrease the illness. All right, so... What about the flu? Since we're in the thick of the winter right now, um, I think, like I was saying, there's a lot of people that think healthy people don't have to vaccinate or they don't have to get the flu shot. Mm -hmm. And also I've heard people say that, oh, I don't work with kids or I don't work with the geriatric population. I'm fine. I don't have to get it. But the flu is actually a very, very serious illness, and I think people right. confuse the flu with also, like, the common cold. Yeah. True? So, mm-hmm. so tell us why is it so important to get your flu shot? Yeah, so I think you're right that a lot of people think that the flu is just kind of a bad cold and will go away, but it's not. It can be very, very serious, and we see people, you know, multiple, many people every year die from the flu, um, children especially, but even very healthy adults. I mean, we're seeing people who are in their 30s, otherwise completely healthy, getting the flu and either dying or, you know, ending up in the ICU sort of situation, like very serious illness. So it's important to get the flu shot. This is a good time to kind of bring it back to uh, childcare providers. So Mm -hmm. of course it's important for everyone to get the flu shot, even if you're not around children because of the things I just said. So you could... Community immunity. Yeah, community immunity and also just yourself. You want to protect yourself. But for childcare providers, it's, you know, I encourage everyone that I see um, through work to get the flu shot, especially if you're working for children, with children, but not only if you're working with children. But especially if you're working with the little babies that can't have their flu shots, you're making them susceptible to the flu. And I heard a story recently, I won't go um, too far into it, but, you know, basically a childcare provider was um, the source of the flu within the program. So they got the flu because they did not have the flu shot and spread it to children in the program who weren't old enough to be vaccinated for the flu yet so that's something i think we could all agree that you would just be devastated if you you were you know the reason that that a baby got the flu you would never want that so that's something to think about and a lot of people don't want to get the flu shot i hear a lot of reasons the flu is probably the one vaccine that i hear most people disagree with or not want Mm -hmm. um, to have so i hear a lot of people a lot of people that i speak with who will get every other vaccine you know really yeah I think that they're good, but then they don't want the flu shot, at least for themselves. Maybe they'll get it for their kids or maybe not. I think it's very common for adults to not get the flu shot. Yeah. If they're not working with kids especially, like, why would I do that? Yeah, people don't get it. They don't think that they need it. Or they, I hear a lot of people say, well, I've never gotten the flu, but that's not Or I hear, I've heard um, 
that people say that they got the flu shot, but then they got the flu anyway, so what's the point of getting... Right. I hear that a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. So, or people will say that they think that the flu shot gave them the flu because they got the flu right after. So that isn't true. You can't get the flu from the flu shots, but... That's good to know because I think that's a really common misconception about sure. the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that, and it's not true. It's not a live virus, so that means that it's not really the flu going into your body, so there's no way to catch it. But what I would say, this is just my guess, you know, kind of a common guess, but probably what happened if that happens to you, if you get the flu right around the time that you got the flu shot, is that you, you know, went to your doctor to get the flu shot and somebody there had the flu. And it takes about two weeks after you get um, a vaccine for your body to really have the Mm -hmm. defense against the illness. So, you know, my advice for that would be go as early as you can in the season and then you don't have as much risk to come in contact with people who are sick while you're there. Also, it could have just been someone in the grocery store on your way home from the flu shot or something. Right. You never really know, but, you know, they're not related. And, again, if you have a question about that, if you have heard that so much that, you know, I'm not convincing you right now, just talk to your doctor about it. That's the most important thing you can do. Mm -hmm. But if you work with children, if you are a provider or if you're a parent, I really want to, you know, just make a final case for getting the flu shot because we saw 185 pediatric deaths last year. So I know that's a really depressing and huge number, but... In the country or in the the country? In the country, yeah. And 80% of them weren't vaccinated. So it's just, it's something that really, really does happen. The flu is... And it's easily preventable that, you know, that's the heartbreaking thing, Mm -hmm. kind of. These, These deaths can be saved. Yes, and if we all had you know, our flu shots, we would have that community immunity and we wouldn't see as much of the flu with anyone. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be as easily spread. So I really think that that's important. But also, you know, during flu season, if you're in the programs or if you're a parent or whatever, you should be washing your hands as much as possible. That's a challenge that I have for all parents when I um, see them and myself, I go to a daycare every day Mm -hmm. to bring my son there. But just wash your hands when you get to the program. You're bringing in so much stuff that you know, it's on your steering wheels, on the yeah. handles on your way in. So I know we were talking about vaccines today, and there's a lot of importance to that, but just everyday hand hygiene, it's going to help you too. Mm-hmm. It's going to make sure that you don't get any of those illnesses. So we're going to get the flu shot. Yes. We're going to get vaccinated. So, and, you know, it's is it too late to get the flu shot for this season? Should should people still be trying to get out there and get it? So it's not too late it? to get the flu shot unless your doctor doesn't have the flu shot anymore. So they, at some point, send it back, um, but it's very late in the season. And the flu usually, generally, peaks twice. So mm. you're going to see two big outbreaks of it, or not necessarily, but you're going to see... You're going to see cases of the flu really late like in the season. two batches. Yeah, and you're going to see them, I mean, even deep into the spring. You're mm-hmm. going to be seeing flu cases. So you can get it any time. And then you're going to be all of those little, the playbook that you're getting about the flu this year that you're putting into your body that kind of reminds you or tells your body how to fight it off, it, you're still going to have some of that next year. So yeah. there's always good reason to get the flu shot. And to It'll keep, be different and to keep getting year. it every year, right? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. You need to get the flu shot every year because it's different every year based on what they predict um, will be the flu strains that mm-hmm. year. And it's not always great. You know, that's another argument that I hear a lot is that it just doesn't even work because sometimes they don't guess right. That You know, it's not just a guess, obviously. Mm-hmm. these Who knows? I have no idea how they do it, but they're they're knowledgeable in whatever they're doing but you know even if 
it isn't a great coverage for that year's flu. It's going to help you have less of a hard time getting mm-hmm. over the flu. So, you know, maybe you won't end up in the hospital if you have the flu shot. You might just be out for a week yeah. or best case Still scenario, you don't even get it. Yeah. yeah. Great. So everybody in programs should be... Uh, if you're in a daycare center, if you have children in your daycare center, you're responsible for just keeping up to date with their vaccines. So I think that most of our listeners probably know that. But if you ever have any questions about that, they could reach out to me about it. That's important because if you do have a child who's not vaccinated in your program, you're going to want to know that. You need to know who they are because, as I just said, we have all these outbreaks of different illnesses and you need to, you know, do your best to help protect them. So mm-hmm. if you know that one of your children in your program isn't vaccinated, then if you hear of or if, you know, you, you would need to contact the Department of Health and your licensor, your healthcare consultant, if there's an outbreak around your area, we'd have to help you out with that. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been so informative. I've learned a lot about how vaccines work and how they protect our community. Um, you mentioned that if people have any questions, they could email you or call you. Um, what is your contact information? Yes. So anyone could call, email anytime you want. Um, even parents, we're interested in talking to you. We'll find a way to help you if you need help. Yes, if anybody wants to contact me um, with any questions about pediatric health, infection control, anything that's going on in your programs, or if you're a parent and you have some questions, we'll make sure that we could kind of direct you to the answers. My email is rmandel, which is R-M-A-N-D-E-L, at C-D-C-C-C dot O-R-G. And our number here is 518-426-7181. You can ask to speak to one of the nurses. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening to Home and Classroom. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes. We'll be releasing episodes weekly, so if there is a topic that you would like us to talk about or something that is really interesting to you and you want to learn more about, uh, please let us know, and you can email that topic to Lindsay, our producer. Her email is lclark at cdccc.org. Thanks for listening. By doing so, you are creating a world where all children are understood. Bye. Bye. Thank you.